Good morning, my well, morning for us at least, uh, for Spaz and I. Good morning, my friends, and welcome to the Space Game Junkie Podcast. I, as always, am your co-host Brian, and joining me as always is your co-host Spaz. And as always, brought to you by Not Enough Caffeine. Oh, never enough. Uh, it is 6 a.m. in the morning uh, for us, and we are thrilled to welcome back uh, the lead developer of the wonderful, majestic, amazing, and other words, Helium Rain, uh, Grinnell Arbona. How'd I do? Did I do it? Was it close? Was yeah, it- that was fine. Hello, guys. Yeah. Oh, thank God. Welcome back. I... I Folks, this is a kind of a funny little, just a side note. It has been exactly one year since we had you on last. Like, exactly one year. Yeah, it, that's pretty fun. Yeah, it was one year ago today that we had you on. So that is really, really funny. Uh, but it's it's funny we're having you back because the game finally hit uh, 1.0 um, a few weeks ago. So just quick congratulations on that. And you yeah, had... You had a so it was about a year, a little more than a year in early access, right? Because you just hit early access when we had our last show, I believe. Yeah, exactly. It's been uh, fourteen months, I think. Yeah, just a tiny bit over a year. And I gotta say, because uh, I want to, I, I do want to dive deep into the early access thing because I'm it's it's a fascinating thing. But I have to say, you guys have you guys probably had one of the best early access periods I've seen for any game. Uh, Thanks. <laughs> Because you guys were responsive. I mean, not just you guys. You were responsive on our Discord, which was amazing. We, I mean, that was great. But uh, you were responsive on Steam and and everything. And so I want to I want to ask, like, before you went into early access, did you have a plan on how to make it successful, or did you did you did you learn as you go? Like, how did it become like? What went into managing the early access so well, like managing expectations, managing updates, all that side of thing? Let, let's. It's it's a great question. It's a it's a good question because we actually wondered a lot before going into early access. We wondered if we were going to do an early access because we thought, okay, this is uh, going well. The game is running well. We don't have that many bugs. Uh, we had a small beta period, and we. We didn't have that much uh, issues, and we said we thought, okay, maybe we could just release the game as is. And we knew that early access had a kind of a negative reputation mm-hmm. uh, because so oh, many yeah. early access games have been uh, not so great after they got into early access. And we thought, okay, let's uh, let's bite the bullet, let's try anyway in early access because people might be more forgiving if we have some issues and we can have some feedback and improve on the game and people are not going to buy the game right away if it's in early access but maybe with time uh, they might get interested and uh, I think we were right to do early access because this is exactly what happened Uh, we had plenty of players uh, tell us okay I followed the game during the early access and uh, I think the game is fine now, so I will I will buy it. Uh, we had people who never bought early access game before, and saying, "Okay, I don't buy that kind of game, but this looks okay, so I will buy it anyway." And I, I don't think we we planned for it uh, to go like that. Uh, we just wanted to have as many players satisfied with the game as possible, 
And so we just try to uh, to find to actively find anyone complaining about the game uh, in the reviews, in uh, in the refunds, uh, comments, in uh, in the forums, in uh, video comments, and so on. And, uh, and this is why we are on the uh, on the Discord channel because we saw so many players comment on the game, uh, saying like. Uh, like Luke was uh, doing uh, half an hour ago on the Discord. Saying, <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, just, there is, just there, there is a crash ago, report. Yeah. Okay, send me the crash report and I, I will investigate as fast as I can. And what we definitely didn't plan was the length of the early access period. Uh, we thought we would just exit uh, and release the game when we don't have anything left to add. And we thought it would be a few months and we actually ended up changing quite a bit what we wanted to add, um, which is good and bad, and I, I come back to that. But uh, the good part is that we, we we had plenty of great suggestions from players, uh, like the modular stations and uh, uh, the UI and uh, feature and hardware support, and we had plenty of great feedback. And so we did a lot of things that we did not expect to do. And the maybe a bit negative thing on some players, what is happening in that is that uh, we thought we would be doing a story. We thought we would be, uh, um, I don't know, adding maybe more content. And in the end, we just focused so much on the on the gameplay itself uh, that we ended up not having the time and motivation to deal with the storyline and, and things like that. And so... I don't think we were that good at managing expectations because we promised something that we didn't ship. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I think um, I think we did well with supporting players with the bugs and uh, feature requests in general. I have to say, something you said uh, really struck me when you said you were proactive in seeking out complaints, in seeking out uh, people having problems with the game. Because I don't think I've ever heard that before from like any developer. Like, but, but I think, yeah, I think it's just common sense. And uh, most developers have like heavy and okay, not always heavy, but most developers have paid QA, uh, which can be more or less effective. But some developers just don't ship with bugs. Uh, uh, okay. Maybe not with zero bug, but some games have pretty high quality and they might not need to, to be looking for bugs. Um, but we don't have the resources to have uh, perfect QA. So we know that, that every time we add a new feature, we are probably going to add something that doesn't work. Uh, so it's just natural and I, th- I think it's just what we should do to be looking actively looking for players to complain about things. Yeah, it just it just makes a boatload of sense, and yet, out of all the developers we've talked to, I'm just shocked I've never heard this before. <laughs> yeah, it's it's maybe a bit shocking, <laughs> but it's great because it seems like it's worked out really well for you guys. In the end, it seems like a very, uh, very worthwhile strategy. Yeah, we've been very happy with uh, how players engage with the game, and. Uh, um, Sales are fine, but I think the the bigger thing that we are most happy about with the game is that people actually like it. And we, we I don't think we really expected when we started developing this that people would say, okay, this is a, re- a really good game. We just didn't thought that would actually happen. 
So it's uh, you know it's it's pretty good for us. Yeah, and uh, I guess one of the big things in having a good early access is not just sales but retention. I was going to ask about that. Like, uh, are people? Is, does it seem like people are keeping the game and playing the game and whatnot rather than just playing it for like an hour and refunding it? Yeah, that was definitely the goal when we when we designed the game. Um, I, I think I just wanted to have something, the kind of game that you can play on and on and on. And I've actually noticed now that we maybe we should not have done that as much. Uh, maybe we should have uh, some kind of uh, win win condition saying, okay, you won the game. Uh, now you can go on playing if you like, if you like. But some players have told us that uh, they enjoy games that tell us you have basically experienced all that you all that we have to offer. And now, if you if you are done with the game, you can stop it. <laughs> Because oh. sometimes player keep sometimes some player keep playing uh, until they are bored, basically, which which is good in some sense, but it it also means that people are going to quit the game bored, which is not a good thing. So are are people telling you why they're quitting the game? Like if they get bored, or are they saying why? Is it because is it because of the lack of the of a quote unquote win condition, like you said, or is there something else involved? Uh, I think it's just natural to end up uh, bored with a game if, we, if you're just playing too long. And what we could have done better would have been to um, have some kind of notice for players who play like for 50 hours and have unlocked every station and maybe just gone on top of the diplomacy tab. Maybe we should just have told players who did that, okay, you have completed the game, congratulations, uh, end credits and so on. Um, just because some player will keep playing until they are they are basically told that the game is done, and uh, if you keep playing for so long, you just end up being fed up with the game. Well, no one wants that. No one wants you to, no one wants anyone to be fed <laughs> no, up with the game. Not at all. But I mean, it's it's a weird thing. Like one of my favorite games of all time is Starflight, and the in the first game in that series, even after you beat it, even after it was very very clear that you beat it, you could still keep playing. Like, there was really no need to keep playing, but you had the most badass ship in the galaxy, so you can screw with anyone you wanted. Uh, and that yeah. was a lot of fun. And I played, I kept playing. But with the sequel, once you finished the game, it was like, congratulations, you won, DOS prompt. And that was like, yeah. wait, hold it. <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> so th- that's a tough one. That's a, that's a toughie because some people will just keep playing if they can. Some people want to stay in the sandbox. And yet, you're right. Some people want to know, I've won. I'm done. So, yeah. yeah. Are you are you planning to address that at all? I uh, don't think we will address it. That's uh, fair. It's it's basically part of how we design the game now, so I'm not. I don't think we're going to change that. Uh, it's just something that uh, that I am keeping in mind for uh, future projects, because it's uh, it actually makes a lot of sense. Uh, many games today are getting like super long. Uh, big titles today try to uh, keep your attention for basically forever, and sure. um, it it's a good thing because you just buy one game and you have plenty of content for months and it it also can be annoying if you just end up quitting the game because it's too long so 
I think we just try to address that uh, in future projects. Well, before we get to future projects, I still have plenty of questions about this one. Uh, sticking <laughs> uh, sticking with uh, early access for another moment or two, would you say what would you say is the big? What would you say is the biggest? Like, if someone was about to go into early access, what would you tell them is like the biggest challenge, the biggest pain point that they would hit uh, during early access? Uh, that's a tough one. Um, I think the most, um, I don't know if, if I can say it's a challenge, but the most annoying thing, uh, would be to, when we know that players have issues, but we don't know anything about the issues or how to fix them. And that, that happens from time to time when we see, uh, uh comments on refunds on Steam saying, okay, I had a blocking issue. The game just doesn't work. So I'm refunding. And we're like, okay, that seems bad, but, but there is nothing that we can do to fix it because we just don't know what happens. And speaking of challenges, I think overall getting, um, getting to fix the issues in a timely manner has been quite a big challenge. Um, we ended up with uh, something like 50 or 70 bug reports in the first two weeks on early access. Oh, wow. And uh, that was uh, quite intense to uh, fix the biggest issue issues uh, quickly. Okay, well, I'm sorry. Maybe this will be an easier question then. What advice would you give to a developer who's thinking about entering early access? Maybe that's an easier question. Yeah, I think the biggest advice I would I would uh, give to another developer would be to uh, listen to what people say and always assume that people are going to um, provide feedback to help you with the game and uh, to get uh, updates on the game that make it better. Um, I, I think it's common now for many many new developers who haven't done this for a long time to uh, automatically assume that people players are out to get them because they're not. And sometimes it's it's easy to uh, to read a review uh, which is saying the game is broken, it doesn't work. And it's it's easy to take it personally, but you shouldn't. I think that's that's uh, the uh, most important thing. Yeah, that's uh that that's amazing advice. Oh, so the game is out now, thank God. Um when did you realize it was ready for release? And uh, like, what is what was the biggest? Like, has has it been a smooth launch? Were there any problems? Like, how was the launch? How was how did the launch go? I think the launch went uh, pretty smoothly. Uh, we had new bug reports uh, from new players, so we are still working on a few things. We had uh, an, an update, uh, our first update since launch a few days ago, and uh, we are going to yeah. have a. I guess a few more patches. I I just and, want to interject that the that update with the um, the docking HUD in that new update is one gazillion times more awesome than it was previously. <laughs> yeah, I think we all agree on that. It just um, makes so much more sense now. Well done on that. Thanks. Um, so I think the launch went quite well, and as to how we decided to uh, actually exit early access. We basically end the state where 
we weren't give, getting new bug reports. And we, to be honest, we have been working on this for years now. Uh, I think the first design documents for the game are basically five years old today. And we've started development for maybe, uh, I think it was four and a half years ago now. So we've been doing this for quite a long time. And I think it's fair to say that we are, uh, I, I wouldn't say that we are burned out with the game, but I don't think we have anything to add uh, that would be meaningful. Um, I'm sure there are things that we can fix. Uh, there are a few things that we still want to try. I'd love to, I'd love to, um, to check out modding. We're trying to have modding support for the game. I think that's, that's a pretty good, uh, yeah, last feature that we can add. Yeah. That'll be a big one. That'll be a huge one. That'll give the game so much, so many legs. Yeah. But basically we ended up in a state where I think we are done with the game and it seems to be in a decent state. So right. now we're trying to get it basically as perfect as we can. Right, so you can introduce modding and then let people like put stuff on workshop. You know, Here's a new sector. Here's a new ship. You know, blah blah blah. So if they want to yeah, play, yeah, that, that would be amazing. Uh, we are working right. on this uh, pretty much right now, so I don't oh. know exactly uh, how it's going to end up. Uh, it's not <clears throat> entirely up to you, up to us either. But anyway, that's that's definitely the uh, the goal right now. Well, that's an amazing goal because like some of the most longest lasting space games like you know uh free space 2 for example have everything to owe to modding you know for those legs yeah. so that's a great that is great because you know you know when you're going to give the modding tools to people they're going to mod the hell out of this they're going to put in death stars they're going to put in um uh restaurants they're going to put in all kinds <laughs> of crazy yeah crazy we, stuff we have heavy uh Kerbal space program players and uh KSP is a uh, the poster child for modding. There are mods for everything. It's, oh God, uh, right! You have players doing stuff like uh, rocket trajectory control and uh, autopilot, and uh, I, I have no idea how how people can actually do stuff like that because it's so advanced. Oh so, God! Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I really hope that we can actually do something that is uh, that works well with modding. Oh God! It's, I a, hope it's a big so. challenge. I'm sure, but if you can do that as like the last thing for the game, like we're done with it, here's the tools that you can make it yours, have fun, that'll that'll give it legs. And and the most amazing thing is, uh, we have a question, but I'm going to get to that in a second. We have a question from YouTube. The amazing thing is, even without the modding, the game is an amazing value. Like you get hours and hours of gameplay out of this uh, for $15. Like, that's... You could have you could have charged twice as much for this thing, uh, and still given players an amazing value. Uh, yeah, so, press, pressing was a uh, pressing was a complicated decision too. Yeah, I'm sure because people have a people have like an impulse threshold. I know I do, and uh, like there's a there's a game I'm interested in right now that looks like this amazing like I won't say what it is, but it's just like this amazing 4x fantasy game looking thing. And if it wasn't $35 for a developer I'd never heard of, who's this is their apparently first game, I'd probably have bought it. If it was 15 I would own it right now. But 35 yeah. that makes you think a little more, you know? But with, with your game, with 15 bucks, like, easy peasy, done, you know? And, and, and you give people modding, it's just adding value to that. 
So that's exciting. I'm rambling a little bit. <laughs> that's early in the morning. Forgive me. We have a question from YouTube. A- we have a question from YouTube. Sam Speckman. One of my favorite parts of this game is the art style. The almost abstract style with the planetary rings. What was the inspiration for that? Yeah, that's a, <laughs> I think that's the most complicated question I've been asked today. Um, you know, it's, it's really, it's really hard to answer. We tried a lot of things, especially with Nema, the biggest planet in the game, uh, which features a ring that we're talking about. Uh, we've tried maybe, I think, okay, let's say 10 different designs and, uh, it didn't have the rings in the first place. And uh, I think the planet texture was much more detailed, and we just we just tried and and it didn't look okay. And so we tried again, and it still didn't look fine. And I think Frederick was uh, at some point telling me to stop changing it because he <laughs> left it, and I was like, hey, let me try something else. And uh, it, it's it's actually been a running gag uh, between us because I would still be updating that and that over and over. <laughs> and he was like, okay, but please stop. Please stop. It's okay now. <laughs> so um, I, I don't know if there is an inspiration for that because it... Well, it, yeah. it, it's particularly like when you get... what I forget the name of the, the one sector that's like the closest to the planet, but like... The yes, depths, that could be the depth. The depths. Um, yeah. But that's when, when you go there and you're like, you see the planet like as close as you're going to get to it. It's like this striking blue thing on a dark black background. It's like, oh my God, my eyes. Oh my God. It's so striking. Yeah. If anything, I think the biggest reference that we have on planets, uh, these are actually uh, pictures from planets in our world. Um Something that we that we both disliked in uh, most games and movies, uh, it's that you often get a, a skybox that is very detailed and very beautiful, and you you don't you don't see that in our world because uh, planets are much brighter than the stars, so you don't see the stars, and uh, you end up having pictures of planets against a completely black background, and we try to do that. Uh, we still kept the stars because uh, it was uh, it was useful to uh, to navigate and uh, see how fast you were turning and stuff like that. But the goal was to have something that was um, less shiny and more um, trying to show the scale of stuff, uh, trying to to show you that these are big planets. You're not going to see uh, small details on the surface because they are so big and you're so far away. So, anyways, that was the goal. Uh, it, I'm happy to see that uh, people are fine with that. <laughs> well, uh, you know, I can't, uh, I can't easily judge my own work. So, well, one thing I love about the art style is the. I mean, it's beautiful. Like some of the the big stations, like where the shipyard is, and uh, the far the that big cylindrical station, and I believe the farm. I think it's called, or I, I th- you know, what I'm yeah, talking the cylindrical about. is the farm. Yeah, uh, but the art style reminds me a lot of The Expanse, where you have you know, not these like Star Trekky beautiful things, but much more utilitarian, much more 
This is going to have engines yeah. and thrust. This is going to be a thing that holds engines and thrusters. You know? Yeah. Uh, watching The Expanse, because I'm also a big fan, had me basically consider scrapping parts of the game to make it more like <laughs> The Expanse. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> because, it, because The Expanse is pretty amazing. Oh, my but God, no, yeah. no, we, di- we didn't do that. Um, <laughs> wow, that would have been yeah, amazing. <laughs> I think it's it's the same vein. Uh, for the record, we, I think I started watching The Expanse uh, at season two, so it, it wasn't another inspiration. But it's it's definitely the same idea. We're trying to do right. something that is realistic and still feels uh, like something um, that, that you could actually see in the world. Agreed. Uh, we have a... It's, yeah. Sorry. We have a question from um, Twitch. Why Beta Hydri? That's well, the- it's a star from our world, and I think... Uh, Frederick did, did some research to find a star in our world that is not too far uh, because most stars are way too far and uh, we picked a star that would be reachable in a few decades uh, if we had uh, let's say physically possible ships uh, definitely not anything close to what we have but uh, we thought let's imagine that we have perfect engines, and we can go super fast. And uh, which star would be possible to reach? And uh, we had a few candidates, and uh, we picked that one. Uh, I think at some point we had uh, complete data on the moons and the size of the moons and the orbits and the distances. And uh, we had something that completely realistic, uh, full star system. And um, I'm not sure that we actually... Ended up using that, uh, using all the data in game. I think we uh, we ended up tweaking some of the distances and so on. But yeah, we uh, we took a lot of care picking the uh, this star, and uh, I don't even remember which uh, <laughs> why we picked that one in particular. Well, it, it gives you a decent amount of variety because the planets are. Very different, and they, they're all lovely, by the way. Um, one thing I wanted to ask about is the um, tutorial system in the game, because I think you have probably one of the finest tutorials I've seen in a space game in a very long time. Uh, it, feels, it feels very organic. It, it's it's, it's hand-holdy, but not too hand-holdy, which I really like. Like some tutorials are go like go do five missions. Like we're not going to give you five missions. Just go do five missions. But uh, but it, it it guides you, but it doesn't beat you over the head with what you need to do next, which I really really like. So so is that the goal of the tutorial? Like how much work went into these multiple well written tutorials to ease? Because I think you can even give this to a new space game player. And have them be fine with it after the tutorials, honestly, because they're just that well done. <laughs> um, so I think we spent quite a lot of time on the tutorials. Um, I think we even did the tutorials before we had the contract system, and uh, we uh, we basically started with the tutorial system and then expanded to have the contracts and. Um, you know, it's it's pretty funny that uh, that tutorials are 
appreciate it because I didn't want them. I uh, I think I, we had some heated discussions and I did not want any tutorial because I thought, what? Let's let's have players figure it out. It would be no, more fun. No, and, <laughs> no, no, no. And uh, you have to to thank uh, Frederick, my associate, in that because thank you guys. Insisted. Oh like, my god, thank okay. you. Okay, he he told me, okay, we need to have a tutorial. People just don't get it. Uh, they're not going to figure out by themselves. And uh, I think he did the bulk of the work on the tutorial system too. So, yeah. So you can thank him. <laughs> well, thank. Please send my thanks because yeah, the tutorial is just phenomenal. They're really just it's lovely. Yeah, it's it's just a just a smooth, organic transition from one part of the game to the next. Like, oh, now I'm going to build a station. Oh, now I'm going to, you know, have a trade route. Now I'm going to have a military ship. You know, it just slowly opens the game up to you without feeling like, oh, God, what am I going to do next? Ah! Like, like it, it's great because it gives you some guidance, and yet you can either ignore it or you could do it at your own pace. So just so well done. So Thanks. well done. <laughs> So I haven't gotten to some of the later aspects of the game, but apparently there's piracy and all kinds of stuff. Was that uh, well, the, the diplomacy stuff where you could take over stations and stuff? Was that uh, part of the game from the very beginning, or was that something that was added later? Oh, yeah, I think that was uh, that was planned from uh, uh, maybe not the very beginning, but it was quite early to happen. Um, actually, the contract system, which is... A, a very big part of the game. The contract system was added. It was one of the last features to ship. Really? Uh, technology and contracts, uh, those were the, the very last features that we added before early access. And uh, contracts, I think, were maybe two months before that. Uh, so it's... Uh, oh, wow. I love the contracts. Weird. I'd be lost without the contracts. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you know, the contracts, they actually serve a purpose for the economy in the game because companies that are missing resources will issue a contract to you saying, okay, I, I actually need some steel right now. Please, please try delivering me some. And, uh, it, I think it, it's something that we can be very proud about because, uh, we, we managed to tie the economy with the contract system. And we didn't thought about that at all in the beginning and uh -huh. it just makes sense it does and a lot of games don't do that a lot of games like i'm looking at you elite where uh you have these missions that don't mean a goddamn thing to the larger universe like exactly this one station needs widgets why uh, <laughs> they just need widgets apparently whatever i'll bring in widgets i'll get paid you why yeah. do you need those widgets what what widgets? We don't need widgets. So it, it was it's more than just stuff to do. Yeah, it, it, it actually matters to the economy as a whole, which is just lovely. And again, it makes perfect sense to do that. Just just perfect sense because the entire game ties into the economy. It's not just the missions. Everything ties into the economy. Yeah, exactly. You know, and you guys have a one thing I love about your game is. Like other space games and games in general um, are very economic focused, but they don't always do a good job of showing the player how the economy works. Like, 
they they don't always do a good job of showing supply and demand, who produces what, who needs what, you know, uh, that sort of thing. You guys have, I got to say, your UI for the economy especially is just so well done in in, in how, it, how it presents the economy. Because, like, for example, we were talking about the X Games um, before um, we started recording. And I have never gotten a handle on the economy in those games. Like, never. Uh, because yeah, I think the economy was pretty static too. It's it's one thing I disliked about uh, the uh, the X Games that you had an economy, but um, the economy didn't feel didn't felt real. It, it felt more like like something the game was trying to to have to keep you busy, but it didn't felt like you were actually useful to the economy. And, and this is what we try to do. Yeah, and and so how did? Because there's so many moving parts of the economy. It's not just um, stations and stuff. It's other companies. They're building their own stations. They're trying to. They're building their own military. They're. They're. Uh, the AI, I think, is really great. And so, how did you get all these pieces of the different companies, their AI and the economy, working all together so well? Uh, with immense difficulty, <laughs> I can be honest about that. Uh, it's it's been a nightmare a nightmare to get the uh, the AI to work, and I think the the biggest problem that we had early on was that the economy would work uh, for a time, and then it would just crash. And oh gosh, every every thought that we had in the economy, uh, at least. For, for most of the early access period, most of the work went into actually making sure that the economy would not crash on the player. Um, while, while still, um, the trick was the economy couldn't be perfect. Uh, we, we couldn't let every transaction uh, be done by the AI because if we did that, the player would just had nothing to do. Uh, you would just never find any decent deal because the AI would have done it before you. So we couldn't uh, do that, but we still had to make sure that the player had stuff to do. But if the player didn't felt didn't feel like like uh, trading or building an economy, we still needed to have the economy work by itself. And trying to get that balance has been very hard. So will the economy work by itself? Because like I haven't tried this, but like could I sit at a station for like five days and see the economy moving in a in a specific way, even if I just sat there and did nothing? Yeah, one of the things that we test uh, with every larger date is that we just let the game play itself for a few uh, in-game years, and uh, we check what's happening. And a uh, typical result that we have when we broke something is that you you have the initial value of company and after years of simulation uh, their total value has not evolved uh, which means that you have no inflation and if you have no inflation it means that you have no economic growth which is a which uh, which is a problem in our world and it's even more a problem in a problem in the game because it means that basically nothing happens so we we test for that, and uh, I think we ended up with a, a, a growth rate, which is something like five to ten percent per year. And 
it, it's been quite fun to watch that uh, because uh, we're simulating so much stuff and to actually see the AI do well by itself, it, it's pretty nice. Well, one thing I, I have to compliment you on is um, you say you're simulating so much stuff, even with so much going on, all these moving parts. Uh, the game, even on my potato of a computer, runs so well. Like, I just got a new uh, monitor, so I'm pushing this old five-year-old video card at 1440p with two other monitors beside, and it runs great. So how much work went into making it just all run so smoothly? When you're in the ship, I mean, when you're flying around, when you're docking, when you're doing all this stuff, like, there was not a stutter, like, at all. Yeah, we had... um so I can't say it's been actually a big issue. Um, we've done a few uh, uh, a few times we spent uh, like a week of work saying, okay, we're not going to fix anything or add anything. We're just going to uh, make it run a bit faster. And we've done that a few times. Uh, stuff like saving the game, uh, for example, has often been uh, quite slow. But basically... Uh, we have a great engine. We have the uh, Unreal Engine, which is pretty good technology. Uh, it's quite fast, and it's a space game, meaning that you don't have that much stuff to show on the screen. Uh, so the uh, 3D part is is quite fine. And another choice that we did, um, which uh, which I I dislike because it has other issues, but uh, we made the choice to not have anything happen with the economy while you are flying the ship. Uh, it all happens when you wait for the next day and you have some kind of turn-based economy simulation like in a Total War game. And well, I think this is the biggest decision that enabled the game to run well. And I mm. I, I don't know, I don't like it that much because uh, <laughs> I think it, it breaks the immersion a bit because well, you have this turn-based mechanism, but I mean, it kind you know. of it does kind of make sense because when you're flying around, it you're flying around only takes moments, like flying from one station to another station. Like not unless something really drastic happens, there probably isn't going to be a huge change into the economy in the time it takes to fly to three stations to pick someone up and buy some steel, and then move yeah, exactly. on to the next sector. So that that to me that makes perfect sense. <laughs> Yeah, it, it makes a lot of sense, and I think it was the same decision. Uh, yeah. There's a part of me, and I think some players agree with that, uh, thinking, yeah, it, it it still could have been done a bit differently, but frankly, I think it still was uh, a rational decision, at least. No, I, I totally agree. That that makes a lot of sense. But even when you're in the real time, even when you're in real time, uh, trading and moving from station to station, it's still so great to see other ships doing the same thing. You know, they're they're also manipulating the economy. Uh, So that is that is wonderful. Uh, Now, one thing I wanted to ask about, because this has been probably my biggest pain point with the game is uh, making trade fleets. I have had such issues getting that working for it's not because it doesn't work with the game. It's my brain not clicking with it. So 
Do you have any like advice for someone who wants to try and make a second trade fleet, for example, like me, and has no idea how to go about it? Well, the um, the obvious advice is that uh, if you don't feel like working with trade routes, uh, we added the uh, automated trading feature, which um, basically was response to players struggling with trade routes. Uh, personally, I I just I have a hard time with trade route myself. Uh, I think it's uh, it's it's quite hard to visualize all the, the the resources flowing through the system. So that's one answer, and the other answer is that I think trade routes work very well if you are trying to uh, um, feed your stations, uh, bring them resources, uh, sell. Uh, your products and so on. Uh, it, it works quite well if you are trading between your stations and the rest of the world. And it might not work that well if you are using trade routes to uh, um, do trading around in the world because that oh. keeps changing. And it's uh, it's not that you can't use trade routes to uh, do uh, regular trading, but oh. if you do that, you will spend your time monitoring the prices and monitoring your trade routes, and as soon as you as you see the uh, um, credits per day indication falling below zero, it means that your trade routes are stopped being worthwhile, and you need to update it and uh, take a look at the prices in the sectors and uh, uh, fix it to make it uh, worthwhile again. Oh, I see. So the auto trading thing—that is a—that is a technology you can research. Exactly. It's a uh, very okay. recent technology. Yeah, because I don't remember that from the early access period. I saw that. I was like, oh, I need to get to that. Yeah, I think uh, we did that a month ago or something. So with that, you have to still you still have to go around building the freighter. But once you build the freighter, you can just hit like auto trade route and it'll just do it. Yeah, basically. Oh, OK. I need to get that. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 pretty nice. And uh Trade routes, they are, I think they are quite useful, but where they are needed and uh, unreplaceable is uh, when you have different stations that you need to uh, work together. And uh, that's the perfect use of them. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, I didn't even think of that. And now I have an ice station, so I should just set up a trade route between my ice mine and like a sector that needs water because they have, is it lighthouse that has all the solar power plants? I think so. That might make more sense. That might make more sense. Actually. I didn't even think of that. Thank you. Once we're done here, I'm going to go back into my game and fix my (laughs) trade route. (laughs) Great. Oh, that that makes things a lot clearer. So, okay. (laughs) So trade routes make more sense when you have your own stations to supply things. That that yeah. that okay. Oh, that seems so much clearer now. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> I also haven't gotten to piracy and combat. Was that like a later edition as well, or was that a was that also a core tenet of the game from the beginning? No, combat was uh, there from uh, quite quite early on. Uh, we had a functional combat with uh, most of the ships that we have now. We have that uh, even before we started uh, playtesting with players. It was uh, quite early. And I think we actually had combat 
functional combat way before we had even uh, travel between sectors you know so it was uh, it, it's always been there Oh, and and the, the one thing that we didn't had early on was the uh, skirmish game mode, where you can actually try combat without risking your entire fleet. And uh, oh, that God. was a much later addition. I haven't even tried that yet. I forgot about it. I'll be honest. I completely <laughs> forgot about it because I kept playing my game. But it's right there on the main menu. Every time I yep, see it, I'm it like, I should try that. And then I load my game and just get lost. It's so easy to just get lost in your game not literally get lost but like you know figuratively get lost in your game yeah, and skemish works quite well as a uh, maybe not a tutorial because there is no tutorial but uh, skemish is a great way to try ships and uh, uh, um, see how they perform against uh, which kind of other ships uh, you can try all the upgrades you can try all the ships um, it, it's it's really it's pretty nice if uh, you just want to experience the combat in the game, but you don't want to risk your <laughs> your hard-earned uh, combat fleet so hard earned. to lose at the first battle because uh, so the combat is quite hard to... And, 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 fight, and fight, ships are expensive and they take a long time to build and they're not only expensive, but like you, ha- the shipyard is like, all right, you want a ship? Bring us five hundred steel. We don't got it. <laughs> well, you- when you lose a ship, you feel it. You really it feel hurts. it. Oh my god! Because yeah, there's yeah. an investment in time and money and resources. Like everything you could, wait, everything you could possibly lose <laughs> is in every yeah. ship. And, 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 and on the flip side, side you, when you when you do earn a ship, when you finally get a ship, a new ship to your fleet, or even just a second ship, it's a huge thing because you really had yeah. to work for it. And yeah. this was something that was uh, amazing in X3, is that uh, I remember saving up for like maybe a week of play uh, to get uh, my, my Nova fighter in, uh, in X3, which was so expensive, but it was also so nice to fly. And I think I destroyed mine maybe the first time I used it, but it oh, doesn't no. matter. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, um, so no. It, it's something that we, I think we did decently in the game is that if you happen to lose a battle, you're not always going to lose your ship. Uh, most of the time, your ship is going to get disabled unless you try to attack a destroyer with your small fighter. But most of the time, you're just going to get disabled, which means you're going to have to pay some repairs but your ships is still going to be there. Right. That's pretty cool. So you said um, you're pretty much wrapping up with Helium Rain. Um, what is next for you guys? Is it Helium Rain 2? I think it's clear that we're not going to do Helium Rain 2. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that would be the, uh, the, the logical decision, but... Like I said earlier, it's been five years, and we just... Uh, I'm not going to say that we, we are fed up with it, because I don't think we are fed up with the game. But if we were to try something different and add major features, I think that would be the point where we would be fed up with the game, because Fair. there is so much stuff. Uh, I was looking earlier at the bug that we have to fix, and the code... Uh, that triggers a bug 
is basically two years old. And I have absolutely no memory of who even wrote that. Oh, God. So <laughs> oh, no. we, we just hit a point where it's, it's really hard to... Uh, to consider working on new features. That's that's totally fair. You don't want to burn out on a thing and start hating it. You know, that's totally so, totally fair. I think we've, we've been talking together about different concepts that we might do. Uh, I'd love. I think we'd both love to do uh, something like a uh, the Expanse uh, MMO game. Uh, wait, wait, like wait, wait! Hold, 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 players. hold, 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 hold the phone. Be- hold the <laughs> wait, 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 wait! Did you just say, did Spaz? Did he just say? I heard it. An expanse like MMO. Yeah, but we're not going to do that because it would be crazy. Don't, don't. <laughs> oh, God, you had. Oh, son of a bitch. I was yeah, really it, hoping for it. Oh, okay, if, sorry. I think if we had something like maybe 50 people working with us, that would definitely be the dream project. Uh, but we, one thing we don't want to do again is spend five, five years on a project. Right. Because it's, it's draining. And I think we both want to try something a bit different. Uh, and don't mean to say that we're going to do mobile games now, but we, <laughs> I think we both want to try something a bit different and uh, That's fair. see how it goes. That's fair. It's a way different market than PC, as I'm sure you know. That's an insanely different yeah, market. We're, we're wow. not going to do mobile games. <laughs> um, uh, I think we we'll... Personally, I think uh, we will keep doing stuff uh, that that is a bit similar to Halo Rain, uh, PC games uh, with uh, with with something that is interesting to say. Uh, we wanted to do something realistic because we just didn't found so many games that were uh, that try to have realistic looking shapes and so on. But yeah, for now, I don't think that we have. Solid and uh, confirmed projects. We're trying stuff, and uh, we'll see how it ends up. And we're still working on Hero Mind for now, anyway. Right. Sam has a question again. Um, you've been very open with your finances for this project. Parentheses under French law. I'm not sure what that means. Um, has this done well enough to move on to a new project? Yeah. Um, so, like uh, Sam said. The uh, French law for companies requires that companies share the uh, how do I mean that the uh, let's say the results, the general results of the company. Uh, it's uh, I think it's it's quite normal, and um, we haven't done that much to be honest. Uh, we still have our day jobs. Uh, we're still. Um, we wouldn't leave for, from a game like Helium Rain, even if we spent only one year working on it. And I, I think the market for PC games and indie games is going to get harsher and harsher. Um, Damn right on that. Oh my God. It's, uh, I think it's great for players uh, because they have so many different games to try. Uh, but obviously the, the flip side to that for developers is that it's getting even, even a rarer to be a developer and actually live from that because you can't be one game uh, among thousands and thousands and just expect to be doing to be uh, making lots of money yeah because there are dozens of games coming out every day i mean how did how did you find your game did visibility wise 
when when talking about the just deluge of stuff hitting Steam every day. Well, the scary part is that we actually did quite well uh, compared to the uh, to the numbers we have in Steam and other games and uh, uh, general success from most games on Steam. Um, we're not selling like a AAA game, obviously, but compared to most indies, I think we're doing way better. And the scary part is that even that is is it's not that much. So uh, it's um, I think it's going to be on PC just like on mobile, where you have so many games, and actually most of them don't make a single cent. What? Yeah, on mobile it's uh, I, I don't remember the numbers, but uh, something like ninety five percent of games don't make a cent. And I think we're going to have more on that on PC. And uh, I think we'll try to keep uh, doing games that people like, that can uh, have some success uh, with uh, with a community of people who like that kind of game. If we can do some things that works as well as Hero Mine, I, th- I think we'll be very happy with that. that, that that's totally fair. I mean... I I have not I have nothing but sympathy for anyone trying to get into indie game development right now because there's just so much out there and and like you said for a player it's fantastic but for for you for you developers it's it's got to be just oh god yeah, as a developer you have to uh, you have to start under the assumption that your game is not going to make money and if right. it does then you can be prepared to uh, to actually grow up and uh, get more people and uh, try to do something more ambitious. But if you start working on a game today and you just think that you're going to make money and your game isn't going to work if it doesn't, uh, I think that's that's not going to work out. Uh, at least it's not going to work today. It could have worked uh, four, maybe five years ago. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah. no, today you have to have an amazing game which is both amazing and also appeals to everyone. And uh, I think we we see games like that succeeding. Uh, I'm playing uh, Hollow Knight these days, and it's a great game. And it's a game that basically anyone can play, and uh, it had some success. And I, if you I, do a game like Hero Rain, it can be a great game, but it's still going to be a game for a specific audience, which well, you- can be good. You know what you got to do? You got to do what all these other developers are doing and put Helium Rain on the Switch. That's what you got to do. <laughs> yeah. uh, if it was a different game, I think we would actually consider that. Uh, but, uh, so kidding. Can you, can you imagine? Yeah. Can you imagine Helium Rain on clearly the Switch? clearly wouldn't work. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, that would be amazing to have a portable Helium Rain. That'd be incredible, but holy crap. Yeah. How could I, you I even... I would love to do a console game, but... Uh, it's it's fair to say that Hero Marine is not going to be a, yeah. a console oh, game ever. <laughs> that's totally fair. Yeah, I cannot even imagine what you'd have to do to this to put it on the Switch. Oh my god! Yeah, we have, <laughs> we actually struggled to uh, to even get the gamepad uh, to have enough buttons to even play the game on PC. So, <laughs> Dear Lord. I suspect there might be some uh, sacrifices to an elder god in order to be able to make it work. <laughs> Yeah, but we don't want to do sacrifices in the game. So no, right, that's, right, that's totally fair. Of course, 
Well, I hate to do this, but we got to wrap it up because I got to get to work. Um, so, Gwinnell, I want to thank you for for joining us once again. For uh, right, thank you for hosting me. Oh, absolutely, we love your game, uh, folks. If you don't know what we're talking about, it's Helium Rain. It is amazing. It is like. If you ever wanted to play a space economy game but thought it might be too daunting, this is the one you start with. Like, I could easily recommend this to new, not only new players of space economy games, but space games in general. Because its barrier to entry is so low in every respect. It's got great tutorials. It's at a great price point. It it has a great engine that will run on even older computers. Like, this would be such an easy game to recommend to a new space gamer. No question. So well and, done, and we have a a channel devoted to it on our Discord. Yeah, that's how much we love it. Uh, so, folks, just a couple of quick programming notes before we wrap up. Uh, this Thursday on the Land Party, we are returning to our monthly long play game, Earth Defense Force Four Point One. The the what the something of new dis- the shadow of the new shadow dis- of new, new despair. What yeah. is with that? I don't, what does that subtitle mean? Anything? Does it have a no? Oh, no, okay. but. Uh, <laughs> But that's okay. <laughs> it doesn't have to mean anything. It okay. just means we get more bugs. And, that's true. Uh, We're going to kill all the that. bugs. We're going to kill all the bugs in EDF. Um, and then next Tuesday, we're doing another early morning show because we're uh, going to be talking to the developers of another game I'm super excited about. It's a space exploration game called Adios Amigos, which if you've not heard of it, it is on sale right now. As I record this uh, in Steam's week-long sale, right now it is $10, and you will rarely find a more charming uh, space exploration game. There is not combat in this game. There are things that will kill you, but there is no combat in this game. So uh, it's a little more leisurely, but it's also adorable and very accessible. So definitely check out Adios Amigos. That's who we're talking to next week. It's another early show. Because we love you guys. <laughs> That's why we do these. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, but, yes, thank you so much, everyone, for listening. And if you haven't yet, check out Helium Rain. It is on Steam. It is $15 American or whatever the price is where you are. Uh, it is worth twice that, if not more, for the amount of content you get with this game. It is really one of the best games of the year, if not the last few years, I'm just going to say that now. It's just so good. So definitely check it out. It's Helium Rain. And again, thank you everyone for watching and listening. And we'll see you next time. Have a great one, folks. Bye-bye.